Hey everyone, welcome back to Smack Talk, a student podcast dedicated to sports. I'm your host, Alexis Lamarche, and this time we'll be previewing the NHL season. I'm joined by three guests today. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey guys, I'm Christian Dank. Uh, I am a super senior here at Webster. I am a business administration major with a minor in sports communications. I'm Jason Wright. I'm a junior here at Webster. I am an economics and sports communication double major. And I'm Dane McGuire, and I'm a journalism major with a focus in sports. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Right off the bat, I think you have to look at Toronto. Um, the signing of John Tavares is without a doubt the biggest free agent signing of the summer. Um, and then you've got Austin Matthews along with a handful of other arguably first liners for every other team. Patrick Marlowe, um, seasoned vet. I think that's a, another big pickup. The biggest question for them is going to be in goal and how well Frederick Anderson can stop pucks this year. How do you feel about Washington? Because my, my kind of feeling on it is they tore it up against Boston, you know, right out of the gate 7 nothing. But when they came up against, you know, Pittsburgh, who seems always to be a perennial cup contender, they fell short 7-6. So I think looking at Washington, I, I definitely think you have to keep a, a playoff hangover in mind. Um, so for me, the team that really sticks out is the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I think they just need to tighten a few things here and there. Um, I think what's going to be really interesting is how uh, Ottawa manages to rebound with Eric Carlson having gone to San Jose. I think the nice thing about, well, maybe not the nice thing, but one thing about the Eastern Conference is both divisions, you have your top two teams, whether it's the Atlantic, you have Tampa Bay, Toronto, Metropolitan, you have Pittsburgh, Washington, but after those two teams in either, either division, it's just, you, it I mean, Boston, right, Boston yeah. could contend. Buffalo's not going to be great, but what can they do? It's, I mean, it can't be any worse than what it was last year. Right, and then the I Metropolitan. And and we'll, we'll come to this later in the show, I'm sure, but looking at the West as well, I feel like the Eastern Conference is going to be the stronger conference. If you look back at the last three seasons, um, They've all been Eastern Conference teams that have, have won the Cup, so I don't I don't really see much coming from the other side. How, do you, guys, how do you guys feel about that? I think part of that, too, is, I mean, Pittsburgh and Washington, they're your top teams over there, but after that, it falls out. Obviously, you have Tor- Toronto and Tampa Bay, but when they're playing most of their games against your Carolina, your both New York teams now, they're both going to be bottom teams. Um, even Montreal's falling out. That's what's going to boast that record when, when you're – and we'll talk about the Western Conference, but when you're over here, right. every team, especially in the Central, every the team Central is somewhat is of a contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in boxing, the, the term is padded records. Do you kind of get that feeling with the Eastern Conference teams? Yeah, I mean, because that's, like I said, they're playing most of their, unless you're playing one of those four teams, I mean, Boston's going to contend. Philly with uh, Gritty might contend a little bit this year. We said we wanted to talk about Gritty, but anyway. I I think the travel in the Eastern Conference is another thing you have to look at compared to the Western Conference, which has a huge effect. Like, you know, Nashville and St. Louis and Chicago, you know, all three teams are in the Central Division and in the Central Time Zone. Yeah. Have to travel 1,600 miles sometimes to go play on the West Coast or in in Western Canada. Yeah. by the time that you add that in into a whole season, it, I think the, the travel itself plays a huge, huge role in, in the success of teams and the difficulty or strength of schedule should be thrown in there, I think. So talking about jet lag and um, different time zones, obviously 
uh, the West Coast is, is two hours behind us in the Central Time Zone and then three hours compared to the Eastern Time Zone, where in the Eastern Conference, uh, I'm pretty sure they're all playing in the same time zone um, when they're playing in conference. I think that that plays a very, like I said, a very difficult role whenever you're you're having to travel. Um, it's, I mean, obviously hockey isn't like baseball. You, you know, um, you're not playing in Atlanta on one night and then you're flying to play the Dodgers the next night. You know, you usually have a travel day. Um, most times you'll play, if you play a Tuesday, you won't play again until Thursday or even, mm-hmm. maybe even Friday, Saturday. Um, but I still think that going from East Coast to West Coast plays a bigger role than we think yeah, um, in, I, the, in the Eastern Conference. I see your point. And also, too, with not to focus on baseball and hockey podcasts, but baseball has the luxury of the way they structure their schedules. You're going to be playing this same team three, four games in a row before you exactly. you, you change up the series. So I think that, exactly. you know. But for me, again, you know, i I got to go with Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay will definitely be your top team. But, like, I mean, we talked about Toronto. Um, Boston will be good. Florida, they're, Florida's got a good team as long as Luongo comes back. Healthy and good. I mean, yeah, well, you never know, especially at his age. Um, and, of course, Washington and Pittsburgh. I mean, after that, when you're talking about the Metropolitan, um, it's kind of... I'm almost positive that Luongo's in his last year of his contract, so I think that would be uh, definitely some uh, a little fuel for him to, to have a solid year this year and maybe sign, you know, uh, come back for a one-year contract next year. But I definitely think um, definitely a little bit of uh, some fuel for him to use yeah. to have a solid year. And then... Um, going back to your um, your point on the uh, the Caps having a a hangover, um, I definitely see where you're coming from on that. But mm-hmm. I still think they're going to be the best team in the East if you know and not contend for another Cup game. I mean, and you look at it, they've got basically the same core coming back and the exact same. Really, I think all they lost that really hurt them was was losing their head coach and Barry Trotz this right. year. But I mean, Alex Ovechkin, arguably the the best player in the National Hockey League right now. Um, you know, you see, you saw the videos of him. I think he partied with the Stanley Cup longer than anyone has ever done in the history of the, the NHL. The NHL but, loved it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, loved every minute of it. But um, I, I, I just think that uh, the only thing holding the cast back right now is the uh, transition of, of learning a new offense um, from a new head coach. But I mean, other than that, I don't see any reason why they can't contend again. Um, and then obviously yeah. you got throw Pittsburgh in there, Sidney Crosby, Malkin. Um, Patrick Hornquist, you know, always you can't ever count them out. Um. And to kind of go back to your point on Florida, I do I do want to update you on the uh, situation with Luongo. He is out with a knee injury. I think it's his MCL. He is 39 years of age. He started 33 games last season. I had think a, he only won what 18 of them? Uh, 18 yeah. and 11 Eight, and two. 18, like 11 that. and two with a 2.47 goals against and a. Point nine two nine save percentage. So I mean, with with a record like that, other it's, than it's, that mental motivator of, and by the way, he is signed through the twenty twenty one twenty two. Okay, season. so I was so, way off then. So a little <laughs> bit, off. a little bit, but he is getting up there. Yeah. Other than that mental motivator, like what makes you think he's gonna have? The kind of year that you're speculating, he think you think he might. I think James Reimer is a solid backup behind him, though. Like, um, I don't know how many games he started, but um, I definitely think that he's definitely capable of of uh, of pulling that load if if Luongo can't go. When you look at somebody like Luongo, though, I mean, his entire career, he does not have one single season that was just 
flat out terrible. I mean, he's always been the consistent guy, um, especially in um, Vancouver. Yeah, always was always solid in Vancouver. Exactly. I mean, you look at him year to year to year. He's putting up fairly similar numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, thirty nine years old, um, add a knee injury into there, you can see it where there could be a decline. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But when you you have a team when you have Hoffman and guys like that in front of you too. Uh, I mean, that trade was huge for them. They're already a young team um, that had contention, and then you throw somebody like Hoffman in the middle of Mm -hmm. it um, to bring what he has. Um, I think they'll uh, they'll definitely contend in that division. The issue going back with Luongo, though, is that he is a streaky goaltender. When he's hot, he's hot. But his cold streaks, he's Mr. Free. So... For me, for me, it's a it's a it's a coin toss. I I don't know what I'm going to get with him, and I don't know what I'm going to get with him at 39 years old. But I have a feeling it's going to be around 30 something games, uh, and, and and mixed results at best. Um, the one thing I last thing I want to talk about was just the Sabers. Um, I think this is really going to be a turnaround year for them. Um, if I had to pick a dark horse to contend for. Um, I wouldn't. I don't want to say a cup because I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. But I definitely think they're on the right track. Um, I don't know who all was involved in the the of uh, the Blues trade with Buffalo. Um, in the I think it was was it Tage Thompson and Vladimir Saboka for got, Ryan O'Reilly. They got Saboka, Thompson, and uh, Patrick Berglund. Berglund. I think the Sabers won that deal. Um, I do think that Ryan O'Reilly is going to score a ton of goals for uh, the Blues. But I mean, you got. Three very very good centers that can uh, definitely hold down the center of the ice um, and set up your wings. Like um, you got Connor Sheary, Jeff Skinner, and Kyle Okposo. Uh, three very high scoring forwards that definitely know how to put the puck in the net. And then the picking up of Carter Hutton, which I think Carter Hutton has been um, battling. I think he could he could have been a starter um, in the National Hockey League when he was in Nashville. Um, but when you're stuck behind the likes of Pecorino and, and Jake Allen, that's yeah. that's tough to uh, definitely tough to get in between the pipes. But I definitely think that Carter Hudson's going to do a fantastic job in in Buffalo this year, and I can definitely see them being someone. Like I said, I think they could be a dark horse, um, especially with Jack Eichel wearing the C on his chest this year. He's only 21 years old, but I definitely think that speaks volumes to um, how he is, how good he is, and how talented he is um, with the puck on his stick. Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching. Uh... Carter Hutton have a shutout while Jake Allen put five in. So thanks for bringing that one up. That was fun. Uh, and then just one other team I thought of in the exact same situation you're kind of talking with Buffalo would be New Jersey. Uh, Taylor Hall comes over from, from Edmonton and just puts up a monster year. Um, and you still have, you know, Palmieri, Stafford, Wood, all these guys, Zajac. Um, Taylor Hall does nothing but light the lamp. That's exactly, all he does. Exactly. So, I mean, you go behind him. Maybe get a goaltender. I think Schneider's hurt right now to start I've, the season, too. They're relying on Lack right now. But you get Schneider back, he puts up the typical Corey Schneider year. They, I mean, they'll contend. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty high on Taylor Hall as well because when he came into the league, obviously he came in with the Edmonton Oilers. That's a number one overall draft pick. You know, I don't think that they've gotten the result that they necessarily wanted him to have after all this time, but I think... New Jersey's been the right right fit for him, as you said. He, he does nothing but light the lamp, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting season. Yeah. Playing behind Taylor Hall, I think Kyle Palmieri and Drew Stafford really get kind of overlooked on that too. Just touching on that. 
All right, I think that wraps up the Eastern Conference. Now let's move on to the Western Conference. What are your feelings on that? Right out of the gate, baby. National, <laughs> National Predators, my favorite to win, uh, not just because I'm a fan. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think, you know, last year um, was definitely kind of a, a little bit of a letdown after making it to the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. Um, but getting outed in the second round of Winnipeg, who um, is also in the Central Division, I think is one of the better teams in the National Hockey League, too. But um, I think this is the year we get it done. Um, we're, we've got the same quarterback, the same defense, basically. Uh, we added a, a veteran uh, in Dan Hamhuse. Um, we really haven't lost too much. Um, the uh, the Jofa line, you know, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, and Victor Arvidsson are going to score a ton of goals. And then... Uh, the terrace line behind them is definitely a, a solid one-two punch, um, and I don't think we're going to rely on just on one line to score goals. And then we've got a, a very offensive, defensive core, and P.K. Subban, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, um, four defensemen that are argu- arguably could play first D pairings in any NHL team uh, in the league that are going to score goals as well. So um, we definitely play a, a five-man offense instead of a, a three-man, which is tough to stop, but it's definitely becoming the norm in the NHL this year. As a Blues fan, I'd like to say you're wrong, but I can't. Uh, But the big thing for me in the Central Division, obviously I feel Winnipeg is... Winnipeg is They're going to be number one. They are. They're going to be number one. But when you look at those last two, Nashville and St. Louis, the big difference between those two teams for me is what they get in terms of goaltending. Yes. You know, just like I was talking before, I mean, with Luongo, except eight times better, you know what you're getting from Pekka Rene. Every Until single we get into the playoffs last year. Well, yeah. But you'd imagine being Jake Allen and having to worry about that all year. So if you can get a good season from Jake Allen, that, that's the big difference for me, the big question when you're comparing Nashville and St. Louis is when you contend that goaltending. Because you talk about the defense. If Colton Pareko can shoot the puck a little more, get those one-timers like he did against Chicago the other night, he's going to be a monster. You get Joel Edmondson back to put with uh, Petrangelo. Finally take Jake Bomeister off that top pairing. The signing of uh, Ryan O'Reilly or in a trade, but signing Patrick Maroon, the hometown kid, was was huge. Um, and then David Perron coming back. I like. I wish I was able to say I was <laughs> something different, but I mean, I definitely don't think that you guys are going to be disappointed this year. I definitely see the Blues making the playoffs. That there's just too much talent here, and the sour taste in your mouth from not making the playoffs last year. It's mm. I, I I don't see it happening again this year. Well, see, with with the Blues, I'm a little bit worried. Mike Yo had some uh, <laughs> unflattering remarks about his his players' early performance, um, and and basically put it all on them. And while that might be true, you're the man steering that ship, so you play a role in this as well. And also, how are the Blues going to react? Are, they, are is it is his negative reinforcement um, going going to be just that like? light that fire or is it going to reinforce let's be independent contractors well it's funny you bring up that term because that's exactly what got ken hitchcock let go um that year that was the exact term that doug armstrong used at that press conference was they were playing as independent contractors and it's still a very similar team obviously you added in uh like christian seventh o'reilly and Maroon, but you the talent in, is definitely there. The talent right. is there. But you added in Bozak and all that. There's these new guys, but it's still your Petrangelo, still the captain. Like when yep. Hitchcock was let go, you still you're relying on your Tarasenko, your Schwartz, these same guys. And if they're going to keep playing as your what term that everybody uses, independent contractors, nothing's ever going to change. So that does fall on you. 
Um, but at the same time, if you watch these last couple games, there's a lot more than uh, what Yo can control. If uh, if I had to pick a player for one of the most overrated, I think Vladimir Tarasenko's in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he glides way too much. Um, <laughs> he you know he scores goals, but I think it's more so the puck just happens to end up on his stick in the opportune moments. You don't see him making too many plays by himself because I think he's – I don't want to say he's lazy because, you know, he's playing in the National Hockey League, but I, I just think that he doesn't skate um, as well or as with as much intent um, as some of these some of these other guys that are going to score goals. But I'm probably going to end up with my foot in my mouth at the end of the year <laughs> saying that. I mean, we, we all very well could be because as we sit here recording this, the a season's lot of, only started. Yeah, a lot of teams are you know, one and one. A lot of people say that hockey doesn't start until, you know, February or March, <laughs> right, January, right. and even even as a Vegas and Blues fan, as I sit here um, as a Vegas writer, I have Nashville as one of my top teams. For me, it's a question of I I know Pekka Rene is going to be a wall for me. Um, one thing I'm noticing is can can PK Subban stay out of the box because last season 17-18 his penalty minutes numbers were not terrible. He's definitely had worse in his career. But going from 17-18 back to 16-17, that's uh, 44 in 16-17, and then jumps up to 82 penalty minutes last year. So, But he, when he's on the ice, it's incredible. His assists last season were 43 for a total of 59 points to go along with uh, 16 goals. So I think he creates those plays. I think, I think he is a very integral part of their offense. It's just... He has to. He has to be there. Um, for me, I think also another. I don't know if I want to say dark horse or not, but I think another one, uh, another top contender is going to be San Jose. Obviously, they're coming off that uh, Eric Carlson trade. I think that was the biggest trade of the off season. Um, but yeah, the signing of that. I mean, Joe Thornton. Um, he's an old man, but you can't ever count him out of anything. Kachur, Pavlovsky. Kane, Hurdle. Yeah, yeah, Evander Kane, who they just signed to, I think, a seven- or eight-year contract mm-hmm. um, coming over from Buffalo last year. Um, I, I don't see them uh, not contending, to be honest with you. Martin uh, Jones with San Jose is a sneaky Vizina pick as well. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he was kind of – he was hidden behind Jonathan Quick in Las Vegas for so – or Los Angeles for so long. Um, you bring him over, and he's he's been solid. Ever since. Now all of a sudden he's, he's playing with – a Burns and Carlson pairing in front of him. He's a sneaky pick for that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you have your Bobrovskis and stuff like that, he's going to have to get his name in the hat before he gets any sort of real recognition for it. But he, he's a sneaky pick. Right. Obviously, when I was when I was doing stuff focusing on the Vegas team and we were playing L.A., you know, everyone says preseason games don't mean anything. But if you look back at that Vegas L.A. game, 7-2, to two, pulling Jonathan Quick, a <laughs> yeah. Stanley Cup-winning goaltender. Yes, they don't mean anything in the end, but that that was a statement. And, and Martin Jones has just been steadily climbing that ladder. As far as Carlson and San Jose goes, one stat that sticks out to me, though, is his plus-minus. Now, granted, that stat is largely reliant on other people. Um, for anybody listening that may, may be new to hockey, the plus-minus works like if Christian scores a goal and I'm on the ice, even if I had nothing to do with the play, then I get a plus. If you know we get scored on, then obviously that's a minus. So that's basic hockey math. There you go. 
But his number last year was a minus 25. You got to think about the team he was playing with, yep. too. If you're playing on a team that can't score a goal to save yeah. their life. That's going to be tough. What's he going to, I mean, what can he do? Right, too. And we were talking about, uh, you know, excellent setup men um, in P.K. Subban. That was his, you know, standout stat. Uh, for Carlson, only nine goals, but 53 assists. Yep, distributes the puck really well. Um Obviously, he's not going to put it in a whole lot because he's a defenseman, but um, arguably one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, always has been, and I, I see him staying in, uh, staying at the top of that argument for uh, for quite some time. Yeah, and I think the other storyline is, of course, Vegas. Look, yes, they did lose in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now that's motivation. They were embarrassed. They didn't just lose. They won one game, and then they pretty much got swept. So they have that coming in. This is not a team that has proven they can play 60 minutes worth of hockey. This is a team that you might have the lead in the first period, but there's a significant chance you won't have it by that first period buzzer. Or, and this happens more frequently, they don't get started until the second period, and you just can't do that as loaded as this Western Conference is, like we've been saying. I can't believe in the Knights until they, I mean, obviously they went to the Stanley Cup final last year, but I'm still going to say until they prove it. I still, because, I, I still call that a fluke. Yeah, yeah. well, and besides, I mean, obviously, Pacioretty was huge. They signed Stasny. I, I like their top guys. The mm-hmm. depth's what bothers me, as well as what if Marc-Andre Fleury ends up back to where he was at the end of that Pittsburgh tenure. Where exactly. Where Murray all of a sudden passes him up. He's odd man out. He comes over to Vegas last year, and he's a god all of a sudden. What right. if last season is Marc-Andre Fleury's outlier? Where does that leave the Knights when you're talking the Pacific Division, where you're still going with San Jose, Calgary? I think Calgary's going to be one of the dark horses. Yeah. Um, and I like to believe in that yeah. 10, but they let me down every day. At home. So. But for me, I think the biggest issue, even as a fan, putting my bias aside, goes back to Flurry. If he gets hurt, they have Maxim Malcolm Le- Subban. Yeah, they have Malcolm Subban. They have Maxim Legacy. They have Oscar Dansk. Um, they have, you know, a couple other guys in the, the AHL or ECHL. Um, they can manage. They can kind of hold down the fort. But you don't have the kind of season that they had last year, just alternating guys. That is a giant gaping hole in the wall. If that happens again this year, you're kind of done for. That's been the big problem with the Blues, too, is you have, they keep, and I believe in Jake Allen. I want Jake Allen to be good, but they go from Brian Elliott, at the time at least, was a better goalie, but they want to give Jake Allen more starts. Okay, so we fluctuate that all year. They trade Brian Elliott, get Carter Hutton. He's Jake Allen's backup. That's his goal. And now all of a sudden he's better than Jake Allen, and so now they're fluctuating at the end of the season again. And now this year, theoretically, they're going to give, with Chad Johnson being the backup, Jake Allen will have that chance again, but... I think I think the cup contenders will come from the East Coast. That's where I uh, I got. I think whoever wins the Central <laughs> Division in the Western Conference is going to have the best chance to win the cup. Um, if you win the Central, that means you have scoring, you have goaltending, you have depth. Um, the Central Division, in my mind, is without a doubt the toughest division to play in. Um, the likes of Chicago, who I don't like to talk about, but um, I definitely don't think they're going to have as bad a year as I did last year. Um, I think they turn around, and then Winnipeg, uh, St. Louis, and even Minnesota um, are going to be all contenders for the Central. 
Um, but my dark horse to come out of the Western Conference is going to be the Avalanche. Um, <laughs> last year, you know, they snuck in uh, literally the last game of the uh, of the regular season. But um, with the likes of Nathan McKinnon and uh, Landis Scott, two guys that could easily score 30 goals, um, I definitely think that they're going to be a, a dark horse to call them uh, coming out of the Western Conference. And they're going to be fun to watch, too, because as we sit here recording this in St. Louis, they were the ones that knocked the Blues out. So. No, we didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> yes, we did. Nope. All right. Well, I think that'll have to wrap up our Western Conference discussion. So Christian thinks that the Stanley Cup winner is going to come out of the Central Division. What do you guys think? I have uh, the Western Conference champion coming out of the Central Division. I have Winnipeg going in against Tampa Bay, but at the end of it, I had to pick Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup. I think he and I are on the same page. My only secondary would be, if it's not Tampa Bay, I think this year, with a few minor tweaks, it's got to be Nashville. As much as as the Blues fan in me does not want it to be Nashville, I think, I think this is their year. I think they have the ability to overpower everybody. So you would go Tampa Bay and Nashville? And yeah, that's I, what I had. I had Tampa Bay, Nashville in the final, and Nashville in six. Now that we have our Stanley Cup predictions out of the way, who do you think will win the Norris Trophy as Defenseman of the Year? First person that comes to mind is Eric Carlson. Um, big trade this offseason, new home in San Jose. Um, a lot to play for, a lot to uh, uh, a lot to prove out in San Jose. Um, he's always, I think he's been a finalist several times. I don't know if he's ever won the Norris, but um, if he hasn't, I think this is the year that he uh, that he wins the award. I have Carlson as well. A big a big thing with Carlson and San Jose that excites me is they haven't quite gone to this new school of hockey. So there's, he still has the advantage of he has that shot, and he still has your Thornton, your Pavelski, your Kane. He still has those guys standing in front of the net for him. Um, and then, of course, playing next to Burns is never a bad thing. But. Yeah. And then from, if, it is, if it is Nashville taking the cup, then I think you have to go with Subban. His role is obviously a defenseman, but I think he's just the face of that team. I think he's definitely a contender, but we'll have to see how Carlson shakes out. All right, now let's move on to the Vesna with our goaltenders. What do you think? I have, I'm going to go off the cusp to a team we haven't even talked about, but I'm going to go Sergei Bobrovsky. I mentioned Martin Jones possibly being a contender for it, but with Bobrovsky, I think he's already got the name out there. Everybody knows anything there is to know about Bobrovsky, so that's going to be my pick, whether the Blue Jackets contend or not. LA needs to surprise me throughout the rest of the year, but I feel like Martin Jones is a safe bet. Um... I don't think it's, he's going to go back-to-back uh, as much as I'd love to see him do it. Um, but um, I think with you know this being the last year of Pecorino's contract, I think they're going to practice the same kind of uh, game plan they had last year with him um, with uh, limited starts, um, especially with trying to transition to UC Soros, um, a goalie that's going to uh, ultimately take over for Pecorino in the, in the near future. But I think Connor Hellebuck uh, from Winnipeg, uh, who had a solid year last year and finished second in the voting? I think I think he's going to take the trophy this year. As much as that pains me to say, because I absolutely despise Winnipeg and, and Connor Hellebuck. Let's move on to league MVP. Who do you think is going to win the Hart Trophy? Um, my mind tells me to go with Steven Stamkos uh, from the Lightning. Has been an uh, an All Star several years now for the Lightning, but um, I think I got to go with my gut on this, and I'm going to say Connor McDavid, um, just for the simple fact of the team that he plays for in Edmonton. The, um, that franchise revolves around um, number 97, and the amount of games that they're going to win is 
I believe, solely going to revolve around how many goals he can score. Um, and that's ultimately going to come down to the success of their season is how many times um, he can put the puck in the back of the net. So that's my pick to win the, uh, the league MVP this year. i got to go Austin Matthews. He's been money since he's been here. This is, what, his third season in the league. Um, kind of been doing it all by himself. Now you're going to throw Tavares out there with him. I, I can't overlook Austin Matthews. Stamkos, of course, is my safe bet if my initial Stanley Cup bet of the of the Tampa Bay Lightning, if, the, if they go ahead and take it. No, nobody's brought this up yet, but you can't count out Sidney Crosby. He's got to be somewhere in that discussion, I think. I just like to pretend like Sidney Crosby isn't good. As much as I hate, <laughs> as much as I hate him, he's so damn good. He's so good. All right, that about wraps things up. Christian, Jason, Dane, thanks for joining me today. How can listeners keep in touch with you all? Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, always down to talk hockey. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, C underscore Dank3. Uh, a lot of fun. You can follow me on Twitter. It's probably the best. It's at JasonW513. And they can follow my writing. For hockey, you can find me at SBNationsNightsOnIce.com. And for the world of combat sports, mixed martial arts specifically, you can find me at the UFC-partnered International Mixed Martial Arts Federation, that's IMMAF.org, and the U.S. team's youth development branch, the United States Fight League, that is FightLeague.org. All right, and listeners can follow me on Twitter at ClutchMart. Listeners can also check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. We'll be back soon with an NBA preview episode in about two weeks, so stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening.